Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Once again, it is the Sports Beat with Richard Holridge. Welcome, everybody, all you sports fans. These Monday shows usually has a lot of stuff we got to cover on the show as far as the weekend goes. I'll have Rob Frazier on the show shortly. We had a pretty fun show on Friday with Rob Frazier and Gabe Reynolds. Just want to remind all you that you are listening to this podcast on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, as always. Monday through Friday from 5 to 5.30. I'm right after Rick Smith, and I'm right before Bryce Kuhn. And so let's get right into the show. We got March Madness tournaments are ramping up next week as three teams punch their ticket into the big dance. We've got the Columbus State men's Cougars team making it into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2017. I'll talk about that. The Columbus River Dragons got two out of three against the Danbury Hattricks. And LeBron scores 56 in a nationally televised game that seemed more of a desperation game for LeBron. All right, it was not the outcome that we wanted over the weekend as the Columbus Rapids traveled up to Memphis to take on the Memphis Americans. The men's team lost 4-1, to and the women's team lost 8 to nothing. And these were a rare afternoon game, and I was sitting at home watching these games on YouTube. The men had a, a pretty competitive game against the Memphis Americans. Anytime you're playing on the road, it is going to be tough. But however, the women, it was a mismatch because they did not have the full squad of players that could have dressed up. They only dressed up eight players. They were without their leading goal scorer, Olivia Gerald. They were out their goalkeeper, Bria Riancho, and it was a mismatch. Even though Memphis did not have Ashlyn Jones, their top leading goal scorer, Memphis has just got depth. They've got great players all around. And my big question, and you know, I'm probably going to address this with head coach Miguel Galindo on the coaches show tonight. You got 20 players on the roster. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a weekend, and You know that when you only dressed eight, that is a huge mismatch. And it could have been a lot worse. Memphis was just playing the possession game in that fourth period. I was talking to the announcer from Memphis. It was it was hard to watch. Anyway, both the men and women will play the Fayetteville Fury this Thursday at the Columbus Civic Center. The last time they will play the Fury at home this season. And it is buy one, get one free tickets. I love these promotionals. And I would love to see more fans out at the Columbus Civic Center as once again, the Columbus River Dragons, they get their first shutout. Nice to see Jake Krupp scoring a goal. They defeat the Danbury Hattricks two out of three over the weekend. You know, before I get Rob on the show, I try to get all the local stories as much as I can. Columbus State men's basketball team, congratulations to them for making it into the NCAA tournament, NCAA Division II. 
They're going to be in the Southeast Regional Tournament this weekend. They're going to take on Queen University, and they're in the bracket with Augusta. So it's going to be in Augusta, Georgia. Augusta was the number one seed. Columbus State did lose to Augusta in the Peach Belt Tournament. They're able to clinch an at-large berth, finishing 20-10 and 10 on the season, and that was good enough for them to get an at-large bid and make the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2017. You know, hats off to Coach Moore. With all the turmoil this team has been through with the death of Anthony Moore and starting off very fast in the season and he was tragically killed in a car accident on Christmas Eve. I actually started out invested with this team. I had the play-by-play announcer Scott Miller as a guest on the podcast. You can listen to that podcast. It's actually... It's a really good episode. I'm shocked that it doesn't have the listeners that it should have gotten. And then after that, head coach Ron Moore wanted to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh, no problem, coach. And I I told him, yeah, I'll probably be at the game against Flagler in the start of the year. And then when Anthony Moore was killed in the car wreck, I felt it was inappropriate for me to get Coach Moore on the podcast. And so I, I dropped it. And so I, I don't know if that was the right move, but I just out of respect for everything that was going on. You know, there's more to life than just basketball. There's more to life than my broadcasting career. There's more to life than this silly podcast I've done two years ago. And I don't have the listeners as I thought I was going to have. But out of respect for that, I, I sent Coach Moore a message on Twitter. Like, I, I'm, I'm praying for you and, and the Cougar family. And I, I felt like that was a tragedy that it shook up the whole team. For them to overcome that and just continue winning and make it into the NCAA tournament, hats off to the Columbus State Cougars. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the resilience. You know, they took advantage of that COVID rule where Hunter Preston could come back for a sixth season. You had Langston Gather. He just had an amazing season. Christian Chambers. And congratulations to the Columbus State Lady Cougars for making the NCAA tournament as they will take on North Georgia in the first round of the Southeast Regional this Friday night at 5 p.m. The Lady Cougars finished the regular season 17-13. and However, they did lose to North Georgia in the semifinals of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament. Now they're ready for the rematch. Coach Hauser has done a great job all year. I'm just impressed with the play of freshman Amber Abuzieth, and she is going to be a star coming up in many years for the Lady Cougars. They have the veteran play of Chrysalyn Boston, who is a grad student. She is a double-double just about every time on the floor looking forward to seeing the lady cougars in the ncaa tournament well how about i gotta give a shout out to the columbus state men's base i gotta give a shout out to the columbus state baseball team what they did was incredible columbus state they sweep clafton over the weekend they are 17 and 3 on the season as they are ranked ninth in ncaa division two i think they're gonna get ranked a little bit higher than that they look like a team that could just win it all this season. They are stacked with pitching and hitting. They put up 33 runs on Friday night. I'm always excited about going to a Columbus State baseball game. I was there when they took on Tuskegee and they beat them 15 to nothing. You talk about a mismatch of a game on Friday. I, I cannot believe they didn't call this game 33 to 5. They put up nine runs in the second inning. They put up six. They scored in every inning. They only played six innings. They scored three in the first, nine in the second, six in the third, four in the fourth, ten in the fifth. And then they finally scored a run in the sixth inning. 
They should have called this game in the bottom of the fifth inning. Devin Duvall gets the win. I got to see the stats for this game. It, it just it, It's just crazy. You're going to get some players that are going to be considered for a Peach Belt Conference player of the week. Steven Minter, eight runs batted in. Steven Minter went five for six, two home runs. So great job by the Columbus State Cougars. Uh, their next three-game series will be a Peach Belt Conference game up in Aiken, South Carolina, as they will take on the University of South Carolina Aiken. Also, the Columbus State softball team gets two out of three against North Georgia. So they're 9-9 nine to nine on the season. Congratulations to them. Now moving on to LaGrange baseball because they are ranked 21st in NCAA Division III. They swept Mennonite over the weekend, and they are 12-1 and one on the season. I've got to find a way to make it out to Cleveland Field to see LaGrange baseball. They look like they are special. And then they will travel to North Carolina to take on North Carolina Wesleyan this Saturday for a three-game series. Their next home game is March 19th versus Berea. So I'm a big supporter of the LaGrange Panthers baseball team. A big shout-out to the Spencer Greenway varsity boys basketball team. They're in the championship game. They will play at the Macon Coliseum this Wednesday night. As over the weekend, they defeated Marist in the Final Four, 44-36. So the championship game is set. Spencer will take on Westover, a team out of Albany, Georgia, for the 4A GHSAA State Championship. Manchester fell in the Final Four, and so their season comes to an end. Social circle season comes to an end. So the Columbus River Dragons picked up their first shutout on Sunday, 3 to nothing over the Danbury Hattricks. After beating Danbury on Saturday, 3-2, to they dropped the first game 3-2 to to Danbury. And with that, the Columbus River Dragons take over second place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. They will have another three-game series against the best team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. They will take on the Watertown Wolves for a three-game set at the Columbus Civic Center Friday, March the 18th. Kind of a long ways away, but, you know, they that's the next time they play. But I, I got to get out to a game. Uh, I was able to run into Jay Krupp at the Rapids game last week. He was there supporting Sidney Vadney, wearing a Sidney Vadney shirt. That was uh, pretty cool. You know, finally got to meet him and, and told him, yo, good luck. And he's definitely my favorite River Dragons player, and I would love to get him on the podcast as uh, he's just an outstanding guy, just an overall good guy. All right, so I covered all the local stuff. Now moving on to college basketball. I'm going to start with college basketball, then I'm going to go to the NBA. We had Memphis beating Houston for the second time this season. They are in the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi. They have one of the last four buys. They won the last 10 out of the 11 games as they pushed their way into this tournament. They were able to upset Houston 75 to 61. Another upsets Michigan beats Ohio State 75 to 69. Nebraska defeats Wisconsin 74 to 73. And Illinois gets a share of the Big 12 championship by beating Iowa. So three teams punch their ticket into the big dance. Longwood defeats Winthrop in the Big South Championship 79 to 58 for clinching their first ever NCAA tournament berth in program history. You also had several bubble teams that won their tournament, so there's not going to be any brackets busted just yet. 
Murray State wins the Ohio Valley by beating Moorhead State. And Loyola Chicago beats Drake by winning the Missouri Valley. Loyola Chicago was considered one of the bubble teams, but they're able to win their conference. Also, you had Georgia State beating Appalachian State 71-66 last night. And Georgia State is in the Sun Belt Championship tonight. They are a favorite. They are projected to go into this tournament as a 16 seed. Now, I've been critical with basketball in the state of Georgia. Be nice to see Georgia State get into this tournament again. If they make it into this tournament, it will be four times in the last seven years. That is incredible. We do have a lot of semifinal games, but we will find out who will punch their ticket into this tournament tonight. Like I said, all week I'm going to be covering the conference tournaments as we have Selection Sunday exactly as we have Selection Sunday a week away. Furman and Chattanooga in the SoCon Championship. You know, Furman has not made the NCAA tournament since 1980. If they pull off the upset, I think that Furman can pull off the upset. Chattanooga, 26-7, and they would be considered a bubble team. They were favorite, but I think their RPI is just not all that great. You have a lot of semifinal matches. So we got two final matches and a couple of semifinal matches with some ranked teams, San Francisco and Gonzaga. And then we have Santa Clara and St. Mary's. Delaware's taking on Towson. You have South Dakota taking on South Dakota State, Wright State, Cleveland State. So these are all semifinal games. The big conference tournament start tomorrow as the first round of the ACC conference tournament starts tomorrow. And then the first round of the SEC conference starts on Wednesday. Boy, that was a fun weekend of NBA basketball. First on Saturday, I watched that game between the Warriors and the Lakers. A desperate Lakers team, when they get on national television and they have stars out at the crypto arena, including the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Matthew Stafford, you know LeBron's going to put on a show. And you know the Lakers, they're not going to cast the season off as a loss just yet. They still have a little bit left in the tank as LeBron, at age 37, Scores 56 points, and the Lakers beat the Warriors 124 to 116. The skeptical Laker fan would say, oh, they're, are, they got to be back. They're not back. That was LeBron flipping the switch, desperate, playing on national TV, doesn't want to embarrass himself, and so he just carries the team like he always does. Scores 56 points, but it was the production of Russell Westbrook with 20 points. Carmelo Anthony shot a big three. Yes, I think when Anthony Davis comes back from his injury, the Lakers are a dangerous team. Even if they get into the play-in game, they're still a dangerous team. This team took the Suns, and they were leading the Phoenix Suns 2-1 to before Anthony Davis got injured. It's a dangerous team that you don't want to underestimate. Yesterday, we had two big nationally televised games. We had Boston and Brooklyn. Brooklyn got Kevin Durant back, Kyrie Irving. They still don't have Ben Simmons. Boston... Wins 126 to 120, putting Brooklyn a game below 500. Jason Tatum goes for 54, and Boston is one of the hottest teams in the NBA. We had the rematch of the NBA Finals, the Phoenix Suns without Chris Paul going up to Milwaukee, and the Milwaukee Bucks defeat the Phoenix Suns 132 to 122. Milwaukee still taking down the best team in the league record wise. Chris Middleton scores 44 points. Milwaukee's trying to show they are still the team to beat. It's going to be a very interesting playoff 
run for all these teams. The Atlanta Hawks will take on the Detroit Pistons tonight. This is a must-win game. You're playing one of the worst teams in the league. You got to win this game. If the Hawks are truly a playoff contender, they go out and win this game tonight. I said that when they were playing the Wizards. They were able to get the win on Friday. They're 31-32. and 32. They were able to get the win against Washington on Friday. They beat the Bulls Thursday. So they actually won two games on a back-to-back. So maybe that loss to the Celtics was an outlier because the Celtics were one of the hottest teams in the league. But the Hawks did squander that huge lead. But the Hawks need to go get this win. All right, the Dallas Cowboys release Amari Cooper as they're trying to save money under the cap, which team is going to pick it up? The two teams that look like the favorites to pick up Amari Cooper is Baltimore and New England. Of course, they're looking for a vertical wide receiver threat. The two sides of Major League Baseball did talk. One of the proposals that the owners is trying to do is to add a sixth team in the playoffs. So the proposal would be the number one and number two seed would get a bye, and then the three would play the six, and the four would play the five. It's a best of three series. I actually like the proposal. I know the players had a proposal that was worse than the one they had. The first weekend has already been canceled. It looks like there could be more as the two sides are very far apart. And we have the NFL Combine events over the weekend, and the person that impressed the most was defensive tackle Jordan Davis. At 341 pounds, he runs a 40 in 4.78 seconds, which was considered faster than Patrick Mahomes. Is that going to rise his draft stock, and is he going to be considered into Aaron Donald territory? Because now Jordan Davis is got to be one of the top defensive tackles to come out since Aaron Donald. Now, this is incredible. All right, I do think it's time to bring Rob Frazier on the shows. We'll discuss everything that happened over the weekend. So don't go anywhere. We'll have Rob on the show. Welcome back to the show. I've got Rob Frazier, my Monday guest. We're going to talk everything March Madness, Bracketology, First of all, Rob, how have you been? I know we last talked Friday. That was a fun show with uh, you, me, and Gabe. But it's great having you back. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we're still hanging in here and uh, enjoying uh, this time of year, the changing of the seasons, and, uh, of course, uh, lots of uh, lots of action in the sports world, and that's what we're here to talk about today. But, yeah, let's get right into the show. I, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, let's, let's have fun with it and uh, talk about lots of different things on this Monday. All right, bracketology. You know a whole lot has not changed. Well, first of all, congratulations to Auburn for winning the SEC regular season. They will be the number one seed. I cannot wait for these conference tournaments. But we did have three teams punch their ticket into the big dance. No surprise that Murray State wins the Ohio Valley easily as they get into this tournament. Loyola Chicago, they win The Missouri Valley, they were considered a bubble team, but they end up winning the tournament. So now that there's going to be an extra spot for somebody. And then congratulations to Longwood for getting into the tournament for the first time in school history. I know you're a big Memphis Tiger fan. They got a big victory over Houston. That's the second time they beat them. They get the number three seed going into the American Conference Tournament. But according to Joe Lenardi, they're going to get one of the last four buys, which means they would not have to play in the play-in game. They've been one of the hottest teams in college basketball, 10 out of the last 11. How impressed have you been with Memphis so far this season? Uh, That was a very close game. Murray State 
check out their record. They've only lost two games the whole year, Richard, and, uh, and uh, I think they would have made it in even if they lost that championship game. But that helps those bubble teams. Uh, out on the West Coast, uh, interestingly enough, you had San Francisco and BYU playing, and uh, according to today's schedule, it looks as if San Francisco won that game because they're scheduled to play Gonzaga uh, in the semifinals. How impressed have you been with Memphis so far this year? I watched that game on Sunday. It was a CBS primetime game. I had a great, great time for that game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, It was an early start uh, down in Memphis, but the people of Memphis really showed up for that game. Uh, And it was exactly what the Tigers needed. It looks like the uh, AAC conference may get as many as three teams with as well as SMU is playing, which is good for them. And uh, there was actually a national writer that wanted to put Memphis back in the top 25. So uh, their their chances are looking good and they played really well. And uh, it was it was good for them. Uh, you know, this is a great time of year for college basketball because everybody has their favorite teams and then. Everybody likes to see their team get in, and then there's always teams that don't make it in. So uh, just glancing here, Richard, at the uh, current last four in, we got BYU at the top of the list. Apparently, uh, most of the national people still think they've done well enough out of the West Coast Conference there, uh, along with San Francisco, who apparently beat BYU because they're scheduled to play uh, Gonzaga this evening. So uh, a heck of a resurgence there for the San Francisco program and uh, their young coach out there. Apparently he's got a good system. Uh, Nice, you know, nice school out there. Obviously nice location to play. So Uh, and then SMU uh, and then down at the bottom of the last four in, uh, which is still a little disappointing to me, Richard, uh, Michigan. Yeah, so I guess you don't like Michigan as a bubble team, 17 and 13, but you don't think they got an impressive resume? No, I think it's rewarding their mediocrity. I think it's time that we talk about what the NCAA tournament is about. It's such a shame that, like, the smaller schools, for example, the metrics that they use where they look at strength of schedule and they look at even the net ratings and all that, the odds are already stacked against the small schools because a lot of those small schools, they can't improve their net rating or their uh, whatever metrics they use because they don't get the opportunity to even play those larger schools. And then you get these larger schools with their mediocre records. They're doing everything they can to get those larger schools into the tournament with their schedule. And of course they play stronger teams. It, it's just so maddening every year, Richard, that like a team with a really good record can't seem to get in. And then we're rewarding these. I mean, literally, what what is it, 17 and 13 for Michigan? Like, come on, man. And then, like, Indiana's still alive with their mediocre record and stuff. It's just, it's frustrating. And then uh, look at these teams. These teams, that's that's why people like it, man. They like it when, like, these smaller schools who are really good at basketball, uh, if you give them a chance, that have won anywhere from 25 to 30 games in a season, they get in the tournament and – they got nothing to lose, and a lot of times they knock out pretty quickly these mediocre teams that shouldn't have been in there in the first place. That's what the NIT tournament is for, but it's all about the revenue. It's all about the dollars. Now, I'm starting to 
and I may, and I, I have, I resign my ability <laughs> to do that, to change my tune a little bit on the West Coast Conference because maybe this is their year to be good. I mean, I was just looking at it again, and San Francisco is going to be playing Gonzaga tonight, which means they beat BYU. BYU's like 22-10. and 10. They've got some good wins. They're still on the bubble. And then even the team that's playing uh, St. Mary's, which St. Mary's is a lock to make it, uh, with Gonzaga. So even the team St. Mary's is playing tonight, Santa Clara, they they haven't been good for years, and their record is uh, pretty good this year too. Looks like they got 22 wins. Uh, so let, let schools like that get into the tournament, right, instead of Michigan and Indiana and all these – Schools from the big leagues with these mediocre records. So there's my uh, there's my rant on that subject. So what do you think? I absolutely agree. If Chattanooga loses to Furman in the SoCon Championship tonight, well, first of all, it'd be the first time that Furman makes it to the championship since 1980. How cool is that? But Chattanooga, yeah. with their record 26 and seven, they've had this incredible season. And if they lose in the championship game, they're going to miss out. I don't think that's right. I think that Chattanooga should have an opportunity to get into this tournament, even if they lose in the conference final. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I'm looking at it here. You got Indiana on the bubble at 18 and 12. And uh, then you got Rutgers at at, uh, 18 and 12. Now, Rutgers has more quality wins than Indiana and Michigan. Then you got VCU sitting on the bubble at 21 and 8. They're all right, I guess. Florida at 19 and 12. That's another one. Sorry. Florida loses to Kentucky in Gainesville. You don't deserve to be in this tournament. I mean, you had your opportunity. I know their best win is against Auburn. Exactly. At home, but they haven't really impressed me at all. I think they're getting in just because of name brand. They were in the tournament last year. Same with Michigan. They were number one seed last year. I mean, they – the committee thinks that they're the same team as they were last year. Look how much Georgetown won the Big East last year. You know Georgetown of being one of the worst teams, six and twenty-four. Georgetown is six and twenty-four this year. And remember, they won the Big East tournament last year. Same with Oregon State. Oregon State went all the way to the Elite Eight last year. And you know what their record is, Rob? This year, yeah, pretty poor, I imagine. Three and twenty-seven. Wow. How how much the mighty has fallen off. You know, Rob, I have been critical about college basketball in the state of Georgia, but I really got to give a shout out to Georgia State because they're playing in the Sun Belt Tournament final tonight. So there will be two more teams that will punch their tickets into this big dance. The winner of the Sun Belt Conference Tournament and the winner of the SOCOM Tournament. So Georgia State, who's considered a favorite against Louisiana, and they're projected, according to Joe Lenardi and ESPN.com and the bracketology, the latest bracketology rankings, they're projected to be a number 16 seed. So I'm just impressed with the way Georgia State has been able to make the tournament. They made the tournament four times out of the last seven years. Very impressive. All right, switching gears, because I actually sat in front of the TV and I watched some of the NBA games, and they were big nationally televised games. We had three big games. Saturday night, we had the big game between the Warriors and the Lakers. Because, you know, you got to understand, Rob, the Lakers are always going to be a national brand that's going to be on TV. Then you have the Celtics taking on the Nets. And the Nets were pretty much at full strength with a healthy Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving. 
And then you have the rematch of the NBA Finals from last year. And that was a fun game as well. But let's start with the Warriors and Lakers because LeBron scored 56 points. At age 37, Rob, he scored 56 points and willed his team to the victory. He can't do that every night. Is is that right? Are the Lakers back or is it just a desperation because they were playing on national TV and you had Matthew Stafford in the stands and the Lakers didn't want to get embarrassed? I think it's the latter there, but it was good to see him have that kind of game. They will hopefully make at least the play-in tournament and go from there. Just good for the NBA, like you said, to have a game like that. And uh, yeah, I was surprised they won. But, yeah, that was him kind of flexing his muscles there a little bit, huh? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm a Warriors fan. They were playing without Draymond Green. Klay Thompson is not the same player as he was before he tore his ACL and Achilles. you got to understand, he's coming off two injuries coming back. He's not the same player he was. That the Warriors have their three key players from their dynasty. Then they, that they are back, and that's not necessarily the case, right? And when when they get in the playoffs, though, um, and they get get Draymond Green back, you know, anything goes when you get to the playoffs. But yeah, I'm just glad to see Clay back. Uh, the games that I've seen Clay play, he he uh, visibly on his face, uh, he he looks a lot different. Um, you know, in terms of how he sees the game, how he plays the game. He used to be such a high energy guy, you know, jumping around and. And uh, dabbing his teammates, so you know he gets into it every now and then. But but he he looks like he's playing in the mud a little bit still. But uh, yeah, great race going on in the West uh, out there in the West. Yeah, and how about that Suns Bucks game? That was a good one as well. I saw the highlights from that uh, over the weekend, and uh, that was the best players really stepping up in that one. So what do you think about that one? That was fun. Well, first of all, I enjoyed that NBA Finals. Regardless of what the critics said about the Suns and Bucks being in the NBA Finals last year, everybody wanted Lakers Nets, and that's just not the case. Suns and Bucks, it was a great NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns took the 2-0 series lead against Milwaukee. They were playing in Milwaukee. Milwaukee flexed their muscle, especially with Chris Middleton stepping up. The Bucks are trying to show that they are still the defending NBA champions. And if you're going to beat the Bucks. You're going to have to go through them in the Eastern Conference. The Phoenix Suns playing without Chris Paul. They are a different team. They still have the best record in the NBA. I actually would not be shocked if it's Suns and Bucks again in the NBA Finals. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's not what the viewers want to see. They still want to see Nets Lakers, even though they're both fighting for their playoff lives just to get into this play-in game. Which is uh, makes it even more interesting. There's a lot of parity this year uh, in the NBA, which is good. You know, you don't know who's going to win night in and night out. Even my uh, red hot Grizzlies lost to the to uh, Houston last night. They were they were playing on a back to back though, Rob. You got to understand, Houston still has some good players: Christian Wood, Jalen Green, the number two overall pick. That was an anomaly. That was one of those where you know you just you dust it off, and the Grizzlies are still a great team and. Sometimes you're going to have games like that where you're playing on a back-to-back. You're not going to get your best effort. Absolutely. And then you mentioned the Nets-Celtics game. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, the Celtics are surging. And uh, my goodness, how about uh, Tatum? What a what a performance. Uh, he's really stepping his game up as well. And he's a great guy, uh, great ambassador for the game, really humble. Uh, good to see him doing well. I think back to that, that NBA draft where the Philadelphia 76ers traded with Boston to get the number one overall pick and draft Markel Fultz. 
and the Boston Celtics drafted Jason Tatum. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, yeah, it did happen. Uh, you know, reminds me of, you know, similar thing with uh, what was it, Odin and Durant. And now they're even talking about, you know, is that going to be that way with Ja Morant and, and Zion Williamson? You know, sometimes the number one pick doesn't always work out. And uh, that certainly certainly was the case with him and his career. Let's go NFL Combine. All right, Rob. So did you watch any of the NFL Combine events over the weekend? Can't say that I did, but I did see some of the the highlights from it uh, because I, I get a news feed, uh, CBS Sports, that does a great job of uh, over the weekend kind of recapping things. And they mentioned, they mentioned this, that over the weekend there were two guys – one was from a small school and another guy from Baylor that they ran a 4.2 something uh, with, with their, uh, uh, was it in the 50 uh, when they clock them? And uh, that was pretty impressive. I think one was a defensive back. And um, so that, that was something else that happened over the weekend. Those guys, uh, two guys showing up running really, really fast. And again, that helps their draft position because apparently scouts and they're impressed by that, but, uh, not much. I uh, didn't really uh, catch much news from the combine over the weekend, uh, other than uh, as they finish it out, you got into the other extended positions like your linemen and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's just um, the NFL likes to have year long attention given to them. But I mean, like uh, the other stuff we just talked about, really, to me, is more interesting uh, in terms of if I'm actually going to watch something, right? Because like we were watching what college basketball, NBA, there was a good golf tournament this weekend for people that like golf is the Arnold Palmer Classic. uh, And of course, hockey getting uh, pretty thick now with hockey. And so there's a lot of things going on uh, in this one weekend and you can only watch so much. So yeah, the the NFL Combine was definitely at the bottom of the list for me. Of course, I had a busy weekend uh, locally here in Columbus, You know, as I covered all the local teams in the beginning of the show. But I want to touch up on something I didn't touch up on the beginning. Major League Soccer. Of course, Atlanta United loses to the Colorado Rapids. But Charlotte FC broke the Major League attendance record with over 74,000 fans at Bank of America Stadium. They don't have a soccer-specific style stadium. So the fans of Carolina just came out and supported this brand new Major League Soccer team. But how cool is that to see the city of Carolina rally around a Major League Soccer team? Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Uh, you know, I, I personally am not a big soccer guy, but, you know, you've had many guests on the show that are. And so I've always taken this approach with sports. Just because it's not my sport doesn't mean that I can't appreciate it and value it. It's a worldwide sport. Uh, It's good for uh, our country. Uh, Obviously, you've seen it on the indoor level. Um, There's a lot of interest in it. It, It's a great sport for young people. Uh, I've found, uh, for the most part, uh, that um, soccer fans are very passionate about their sport. And it's pretty classy for the most part. Um, you know, you get intense games every now and then and, and fan bases will be what they will be, but yes, I'm very happy to hear that. And, um, you know, I will watch a game every now and then on TV from the MLS, you know, if, uh, if it interests me or, uh, if it's like a big matchup or something like that, but it's the MLS is, is growing. Uh, and you might know now uh, how long it's been a part of our American culture now, but it's been, it's been a legitimate league for a good while now. 
since 1996. Uh, the MLS got going after the United States hosted the World Cup in 1994. Yeah, absolutely. So good for them, you know. And uh, if the MLS is doing well, then obviously it trickles down and it helps. It helps the minor league systems as well. So that's that's all good. Absolutely. Same thing with any other sport. You know, you got a good minor league hockey team there in your local area and uh, also, um, you know, minor league football even. So that's getting ready to start up again. Yes, I'm very blessed being in Columbus, Georgia, where we have four professional sports teams. And I count Woodback Collegiate Summer League. That's a professional sports team. I know it's college baseball players playing in a summer league. Then, you know, they have the Cape Cod League. It's still competitive baseball. Absolutely. And 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 a, and a fun experience if you go to a game for the most part. Yeah, it's the only sporting event in Columbus where my wife and kids are are very interested in attending. We went to three Columbus Chattahoots games last year. Absolutely, and and um, players at that level they appreciate all the support they can get. You know, uh, maybe they're doing it part time and working another job the rest of the year, uh, or trying to make it to the next level. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's a great topic we're talking about today. Uh, is just the sports culture in America and how uh, it helps us to, uh, you know, just focus on, on on a game or what we're watching for a little bit of time. Uh, it, it does have value. It does have a place and a purpose, uh, especially with what's going on on the world stage right now. And when we don't have it, when we don't have it, Richard, then we know how much we miss it. Uh, and we talked about that in previous shows. When we don't have it, uh, then we realize uh, – you know, just just what place it has in, in our culture. Well, before we close this show, I got some breaking news to announce here on the Sports Beat. All right, breaking let's hear news. It. I'm pleased to announce that I will be a guest on Sports Visions 92.1 in Columbus, Georgia, the only station in Columbus that does local sports, as I've been invited to be on the show to talk about the Columbus Rapids. All right. That's good, and that's uh, that's sounds to me like uh, one of the more popular stations there in your area. So uh, that'll be good, and I'm glad they're doing that to support the local sports scene. And yeah, that'll be a lot of fun for you, and hopefully, you can do that on a regular basis. Hopefully, so we are approaching the two year anniversary where sports stopped. Uh, do you remember exactly where you were when you got the the message that? the NBA has postponed the season and then all the other leagues just followed suit afterwards. Oh yeah, absolutely. Remember that. And, uh, remember the, um, the, uh, the trickle down effect, right? Like one thing leads to another and, um, you know, everybody adjusting and what are we going to do? And, and then even like what we do talking sports, you know, what were the sports? Well, yeah. you know, Remember, well, Rob, I was trying to get this podcast off the ground. This podcast is a little over two years old. I was a guest on 95.7 ESPN Radio twice, and they were trying to open up a new uh, part-time slot for their afternoon drive, and I was waiting for the announcement. It was supposed to be sometime that first week in March, and I was anticipating waiting for the announcement. They never made an announcement. Uh, once the pandemic happened and sports were canceled for three months, they shut down the station locally. You know, they do, they still are an ESPN affiliate, so they still have their ESPN broadcast, but they have yet to get back in the studio and, and call sports. So being a guest on 92.1 is a very big deal for me. 
Absolutely. And that's another effect that this has had, you know, over the last few years is uh, I've seen it uh, affect the uh, smaller markets the most. And that's the sad, the sad thing, you know, the smaller markets that have ties that are local community, you know, they depend on, on, uh, you know, sales and ads and a volume of broadcast and, and, and that stuff matters, you know, and, uh, and so, yeah, we're still seeing that. Like a lot of the smaller stations uh, have been forced to only air national programming and, and not have any, uh, anything local. So I'm glad that you can do that. I'm glad that you can discuss local on your podcast and that there's a station there that's covering that because that's very important uh, to the local communities all over the country. Well, Rob, I do appreciate you being a guest on the, the podcast. As we go over in time, I'm going to make an announcement on this show that Rob will also, the interview that I do with Rob will also be included on Tuesday's episode. So you'll get Rob on Monday and Tuesday, but it will be broken up. Of course, we do this interview on Mondays uh, just because I'm only allowed 30 minutes on uh, the radio station that I have, 99.1 WQEE, as my radio show goes from 5 to 5.30. A great time slot, Rob. I, I follow a legend, Rick Smith, who is a political talk show host. He's a conservative talk show host. And then I'm right before Bryce Kuhn, the voice of Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets baseball. So he's got a half-hour show, and he's also uh, lives in Columbus, and he works for ESPN. So I'm just in awe that I'm in that time slot between those two. Absolutely. What a blessing, and, and we're thankful for everyone that listens and, and supports what we do. Uh, we do it mostly for the love of the game and for the fun of it, uh, but we, we appreciate uh, all, the opp- all the other opportunities as well. All right. Thanks again, Rob. And we'll see you back on uh, this show Monday. You know, that's going to be a very special episode because we will have our brackets filled out. So that that's going to be a show where we can just go one by one, the, the, the one and the 16 and the eight and the nine and, and pick each game and finally pick a winner. And I'm wondering to see if our brackets would be similar or would they be a little different? I usually go a little crazy with those brackets and I'll pick like a 13 seed to go all the way to the sweet 16. Hey, absolutely. That's the fun of it. And, um, you know, do you have one bracket or several brackets? Uh, A lot of people have several brackets because they like to compete in different groups, you know, maybe their office group or their, you know, friends and family group. And, you know, I say to everybody, if they're going to play the tournament finally after a couple of years, you know, have fun with it. You know, have fun with it and enjoy it. That's that's what it's all about. I tell you what, my bracket was busted last year because I had Ohio State going to the Final Four. And, of course, the 15 seed Oral Roberts beat Ohio State in that first round. Crazy. <laughs> that's Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll break that down. And uh, crossing my fingers that one of my favorite teams is not in that eight nine game because that that typically feeds into your number one seed. So uh, if if your favorite team is possibly an eight or nine, uh, you might want to be rooting against that. You might you know you're better off as a ten seed. And then we can get into uh, historically, Richard. They uh, they even know like um, they've even measured now the metrics on uh, how the number 12 seeds have done or how the number 11 seeds have done or how the number 13, you know, 13 seeds have done. And that stuff gets quite interesting as well. All right. Just a, a trivia for you, Rob. What is the 
the highest seed to ever win the NCAA championship? What's the highest seed? The highest seed to ever win the NCAA championship. And I'm going to guess it was a number 11 seed. Uh, I know. I remember now, LSU NCAA. was an 11 seed, went to the Final Four. George Mason was an 11 seed, went to the Final Four in 2006. UCLA was an 11 seed, went to the Final Four last year. But I was I thinking um, NC State, 1983. Yeah, well, yeah, when uh, Valvano running out on the court. Yeah, I don't remember what their seeding was. And I remember uh, – I want to say they were a ninth seed because Villanova was an eight seed and they won it in 85. Yeah. NC State, 1983. Great, a great ESPN 30 for 30 called Survive in Advance. They were 4-10 and 10 in the ACC. They had a 19-14 and 14 record. This team is probably the most improbable team to win the NCAA tournament, even more than 85 Villanova. They beat Five Slamma Jamma, which was a stacked team. NC State, they were at number six. Their, uh, their first round game was the 11th seed Pepperdine. They took down Jim Herrick. He used to be the coach at Pepperdine. I remember NC State actually beat Georgia in their only appearance in the Final Four. No, but yeah, but uh, I had to look it up. NC State was a sixth seed. So Villanova is is the highest seed to ever win the NCAA championship as an eight seed. Now yeah, I want to say North true. Carolina was an eight seed one year, and they they made it to the Final Four as an eight seed. I mean that was a big deal. We'll talk about that Monday, Rob. Again, great having you on the podcast. As always, looking forward to seeing you every Monday here on the Sports Beat. And uh, I hope you have a great week. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. And it will be a great sports week. Lots of good things going on. And also, when we talk again next Monday, the brackets will be out. And I just sent you a whole list of information about how each seed has done uh, traditionally through the years in the tournament. So that'll be interesting to break down as well. So look forward to doing that with you a week from today. All right. Thanks again. That's Rob Frazier, my Monday guest. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I'm on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of noon in Georgia. And it's been fun. I hope that everybody has a great day and talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.